VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law and Order Marathon winner is Tabitha Thomas of Monroe, Louisiana. Tabitha will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. Be next week's winner. Sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Lonnie Diane Rich. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories. These are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 7, Episode 17, Class. Sounds like Caroline might have had a selling partner. Maybe he was bankrolling her. The 150 grand she owed you was going to come out of her partner's pocket. Caroline dead and her partner's identity is secret. That debt goes away. It's a hell of a motive for murder. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. It's a pleasure to be back, Kevin. And rounding out our panel is our special returning guest from How Story Works podcast. Or should I say the How Story Works podcast? Lonnie Diane Rich. Hello, Lonnie. Hey, guys. How are you doing? It's so wonderful to be back. I've missed you. We love having you. Uh, You have written, among other things, you've written romance. Mm -hmm. And there is like, you know, the long burn, will they, won't they dynamics in TV shows like historically, like Cheers and Moonlighting and Friends and The Office and now Abbott Elementary and perhaps... On SVU, usually when they get together, they jump the shark. So what advice would you give the writers of SVU that if they're going to get two characters together like Benson and Stabler, what can they do to make sure they don't jump the shark? Well, the idea came from Moonlighting because Moonlighting fell apart at the same time that Dave and Maddie got together. Yeah. And then it became like the the romance curse, like just don't let them get together. But the problem yeah. is not that. It's not them getting together. The problem is that you see things in that relationship other than the sex, the moment that they have sex. That is not the ultimate end all of a relationship. And is it? No. It's all of the things. It's the way that you work together. It's the way that you are together. It's working as a team. It's telling the love story and not prioritizing the romance. The romance is all, you know, running through the city at midnight to tell them that you love them and all that kind of stuff. But the love story is people working together, people wanting what's best for each other. Uh, There are a million ways that you can make that work. There is no reason to hesitate getting them into bed. So my question as somebody who doesn't like watch this uh, religiously, this show religiously, is that Benson and Stabler are still not together. 
No. And and this is a problem. I'll tell you, it's it's this is a problem that They came really close last yeah, week. But this is a problem that soaps has two soaps yeah. do too sometimes. It's actually a problem right now in General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes this is what happened with uh moonlighting, it's all about the anticipation. Mm-hmm. And that's the only buildup is anticipation. And when you break the anticipation, there's nothing to do after that, right? right. The problem with Benson and Stabler is that there's a lot more than anticipation there. Yeah. That was the case with Rollins and Carisi. They had a more substantive mm-hmm. friendship and relationship and when they got together like it was wonderful they could have just had them be a married couple on the show forever i don't think there's anything that would have mm-hmm. been broken with that they yeah. have to add tension to that it's not boring your perception that it's boring i just think is wrong it's well not. i think the problem with being tantric is that even for sting it can't last for more than 16 hours that's right? if your focus is just on the sex if you're telling exactly. the relationship story if you're in the love story you can keep that going Forever. And yeah, so I I think that's just something that a lot of people feel like is true, but is actually not true. Correct. And also, relationships are not the most interesting things about people. (laughs) No. (laughs) So there's that. And so, like, it can be more. I mean, it's like. Yeah, look, but I'll tell you, for the fans of SVU, you got to be careful for what you wish for. Yeah. Because for all those years, they wanted Benson to have a baby, and we got stuck with Noah. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. The He's actor's fine. Now. fine. He's fine. They now. give him stupid shit to say. That's though. right. That's right. I like the actor a lot. Lonnie, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law and Order detective team. Oh, my favorites are Green and Briscoe. Still, I'm yeah. classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Do you think it's because Jesse L. Martin is gorgeous? As Rebecca um, always says. I think, well, yeah, he is gorgeous, but I think it's also that he's charming and he's smart and I like the way that he plays the role. I think that uh, the cop role can sometimes be a little bit difficult and uh, and I really just, I like both of them. I love Jerry Orbach too. Yeah, yeah. Just don't let Rebecca know this, but you can get a cameo of Jesse L. Martin for about $250. Really? Yeah. For some reason, though, Jerry Orbach is not on cameo. Oh, for some reason. Yeah. yeah. I wonder I, why. I can't imagine why that would be. <laughs> be a really it's Jerry steep Orbach's fun. ghost on cameo. <laughs> <laughs> for $10,000, you can get a cameo yeah. from Jerry Orbach's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. I feel his presence. <laughs> Celebrity seance. He's telling me I should have charged you more. <laughs> All right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode. Special Victims Unit Season 7, Episode 17, Class. Well, the body of a suspected sex worker is found covered in an alley. Caroline Pereira got a blurry cell phone picture of her attacker. She was strangled, had red paint under her fingernails, and worst of all, she was a student at Hudson University. A university job's not required if the students' bills get paid. Who paid them? Caroline did, in cash. Where'd she get that kind of money? Oh, that's none of our business. 20-year-old student walks in here with 15 grand in cash, and you don't bat an eye? We only ask about the payments when they don't come in. Rich, snotty, dorm mate Gloria tells Stabler and Tutuola that she doesn't know how Caroline got that big wad of cash in her closet... Her high school BFF, Adam, says she was making money selling term papers at $200 a pop. The biggest customer, Gloria, who happens to be wearing a giant diamond ring Caroline got from someone she said would want it back. The detectives trace this custom-made $100,000 ring to football star Roddy Franklin. 
cross-referencing credit card receipts, which 100% they never bothered to do in real life. They figure out that Caroline and Roddy were in Atlantic City at the same time. Video footage shows that they were both in a high-stakes poker room where the wide receiver lost the ring to her on a king-high straight. Elliot and Finn go to bust the football player who says it wasn't him, but he knows who did it. All right, when we start, we see a sex worker on the street. Oh, for... Her name is Vegas. Yes. And and this is how she uh, ensures discretion. I've never done this before. Don't worry, baby. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And that's how you get a UTI. (laughs) So the uh, the victim goes to Hudson. We are Hudson, where the bad guys go to school. And uh, Finn holds up her ID card to the camera and says that her name is Caroline Pereira. But the ID says her name is Caroline Peria. (laughs) Are you saying he mispronounces it? No, I'm saying they spelled it wrong on the card. (laughs) Also, later, they go to talk to Gloria, the roommate, and she calls Caroline Carolyn. Carolyn and I never hung out. <laughs> Script coordinator, what are you doing? And then her friend calls her Carol. Carol and I have been friends since we were kids. Well, yeah, <laughs> the best friend calls her Carol. And I'm like, I don't know if this is some kind of like multiple identity story. It did not turn out to be that, but that's kind of where no. I was leading with that. Lonnie, you teach at the college level. Uh, have you ever put as much effort into trying to find out whether somebody plagiarized another student as this teacher who put together her own Google program. Three papers are being compared. The fourth window you see pulls out and itemizes the content overlap. The blue highlights show possible similarities. The green sections are very suspect. And the red passages are direct matches. I learned early on that there is no bigger waste of time than reading college papers. That is the absolute <laughs> worst. It is the it is like the fifth <laughs> ring of hell. I believe Dante officially assigned it to the fifth ring. No, I made them all do like live presentations in class and I made them make videos and do they would make podcasts sometimes. Um, but yeah, I read as few papers as humanly possible. But I do like I dig this woman's dedication. You know, she was into she, it. She invented Grammarly, basically. She, she yeah. worked really hard. In 2006, that was really like high-level stuff. Yeah. yeah. By the way, one of the students says one of the most Hudson things ever. He says, well, I, I didn't kill her. I was going to bribe her. <laughs> and then he twisted his mustache and disappeared across the train tracks. Yep, yep. As, <laughs> as Finn says, sorry for interrupting. Sorry for interrupting. Stay in school. Stay in school. Stay in school. (laughs) Sweet wisdom from Finn. (laughs) Hey, we have a couple of Hey, It's That Guys. We do. Hey, It's That Guy. Can you tell me who was playing Adam Halder? We'd work different clubs. And then every month, we'd switch after trading information about the regulars. The money rolled in. Nope. Adam, Adam, no? Nope. You know, okay, that's Will Estes. You know him from his 263 episodes of CBS's Blue Bloods. You know I would not know that. I know, but the rest of America does. That's why I mentioned it was 263 episodes over 13 seasons, but that's fine. He Mm -hmm. plays Officer Jamie Regan. On the show, he's Tom Selleck's son and the brother of Donnie Wahlberg, yet another brother who can outact him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think CBS broadcasts anything after The Young and the Restless is over. I really don't, Uh. as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't think I've watched a CBS show in, and I keep getting older, so I'm getting like closer to the demographics. So I just keep waiting for them to get me, but they haven't got me yet. Nope. Don't worry. You'll see them when it's on Netflix, like mm-hmm. when they buy the series later on. Like, oh, where, where's this show been? <laughs> so uh, Will has had a very interesting career. He was in the music video Meatloaf's Objects in the Rearview Mirror Are Closer Than They Are. He played Teen Meatloaf. <laughs> that is a claim to fame. I yeah. love that for him. I love that. You can see for the him. resemblance, yes. right? Yeah. Teen Meatloaf. <laughs> he was also Lassie's owner in the TV series The New Lassie. Huh. I'm not sure if he ever was in a well. Oh, see, so Timmy. <laughs> he was not Timmy. He was Johnny or some shit Timmy like that. Timmy 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> he was also the voice of Johnny Quest in the Johnny Quest TV movie. Wow. Boy, that is a Saturday morning cartoon that has not held up well. Why not? Have you not, do you not remember Johnny Quest? No, it must be on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old enough for that one yet. Yeah. This is a 1960s Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Uh, let's see. Johnny and his father, Dr. Quest, and his father's masculine male friend, Race Bannon, along with his levitating Indian adopted brother, Haji, all travel the world in a rocket jet seeking adventure. Mm. Rick DeSantis is already bandit in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that CRT? That's CRT, right? Oh, right. It's grooming. <laughs> Get on my plane, kid. We're going to fly around the world. <laughs> and this Indian kid is now your brother. Watch out for his mind control. <laughs> and their dog, Bandit. Oh, we do have a Hey, It's That Girl. Hey, it's that girl. Who's the actress playing Gloria? I have no, no idea. Okay, it's no secret. I didn't like Caroline, but I had no reason to kill her. Her name is Treese Kelly Dunn. She was Deputy Siobhan Kelly on Cinemax's mystery series, Banshee. <laughs> uh, she has size eight and a half shoes, five stars on WikiFeet. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I'm too old for that one if it's on Cinemax. Yeah. No, know. we just don't watch enough porn to subscribe to Cinemax. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Rebecca. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin has a subscription, but I just don't know about it. Right. It's like, <laughs> just, just to WikiFeet. <laughs> Can you guys name the actor playing Riley, the undercover agent? My lawyer will be seeing a police commissioner tomorrow. Why don't you go solve a real crime instead of bothering an honest businessman? I wrote down, it's a hey, it's that guy, but then I didn't know who it was. <laughs> that is Caputo from Orange is the New Black. Yes, Nick Sandow, seven Law & Order appearances, three-time SAG Award winner. Yes, he was the warden in 88 episodes of Orange is the New Black. And, Lonnie, you will probably remember that the character was in a band, and the band's name was Side boob. <laughs> <laughs> so is your argument that there's misogyny everywhere? Is that <laughs> what's misogynistic about acknowledging the best part of the boob? The side. <laughs> the side. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Did you pick out the woman playing cranberry juice swilling Vegas? No. Did not. I liked Vegas, though. I you know why she's too. drinking cranberry juice? Oh, because <laughs> what, what happens in Vegas stays yeah. in Vegas. Because <laughs> she doesn't pee between. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Mm. It better not be some bitch working my stroke. Uh, that's Tika Sumter. She'll go on to play Layla for five years on One Life to Live. Huh. Oh. And she is the star of the OWN Networks. That's the Oprah Winfrey Network. 
to have and to have not 213 episodes as, as Candace Young. Again, 213 episodes, Rebecca. You had your chance. Yeah, I did. She's also in Sonic the Hedgehog. All right. The show? The, the movie. The movie. The movie yeah. with the creepy teeth. You remember that? He was yes. smiling. Sonic had human teeth and it creeped everybody out, so they had to redo it. I do remember that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <that> <laughs> so who's the high-rolling defense attorney with the peanut-shaped head? Twelve people in that box, you can be sure gambling addiction touches one of their lives. If we go to trial and they hear my witnesses, you will lose this case. I oh, I know that. that. I know that. I know that. That's Joey Slotnick. Yes, Joey <laughs> Slotnick. He was in Twister, and mm-hmm. since you've been gone, his L.A. roommate was David Schwimmer. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Who no longer needs to split the rent with someone. Those two guys, they both have, like, sad dog faces. <laughs> They both look like droopy dogs. You yeah. know all the neighbors. They got all the sad chicks. All the neighbors in their building were like, oh, the two dog-faced guys down the hall. <laughs> like, they both like basset hounds. Like, really, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't. Look, I am he, not commenting on that. I just want all of David Schwimmer's fans on Twitter to understand that Rebecca said that, not me. <laughs> David Schwimmer looks like a basset hound. He's, a, the, he's, a human, he's a human basset hound. If you don't think so, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> I just don't want another set of fans coming after me on the internet, Rebecca. <laughs> you don't want the Slotnick hive to yeah, come right at you. Yeah, those are passionate people. Let me tell you, the people that follow Joey Slotnick around to all the cons throughout the country, they are passionate yeah. people and they love him. And I just want it on the record. Was not me that said that. Yes. <laughs> I was always Team Joey and Rachel myself, mm-hmm. for the record. Uh, uh, so yeah. so he was in an improv group called Slotnick Cats and Lear, <laughs> which sounds like a law firm you get if you drank the water at Camp Lejeune. <laughs> <laughs> End the show. Just end the show. That's it. That's a killer. That's a show killer right there. It's done. No need to come back ever again. (laughs) Did you recognize Brian, the student who was not going to kill Caroline, just bribe her? No. All right. That guy was Scott Bailey. No, she laughed in my face. Waved that big freaking diamond ring around, said it'd take more than a grand to keep her quiet. He was on 10 sex-soaked seasons of the soap opera The Bay. It was on popular TV. It's popular with a capital P. Hmm. Popular TV. Uh, it won before you before you snart at it. Twenty three Emmy awards. Really? Yep. Dude, for yeah, what? Daytime Emmy awards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, best, you mean the, the fake Emmys? Yeah. Best soap opera on <laughs> yeah. the internet. Some shit like that. Yeah. He's he's married to Adrian Franz, who did sixteen hundred episodes of The Young and the Restless huh. and The Bold wow. and the Beautiful as Amber Moore. Yeah. So Scott Bailey uh, and. Adrian France, they have this soap star marriage. And during the soap star marriage, Scott was kidnapped, had an amnesia three times, slept with his mother's killer, and had a duel with his Spanish-speaking evil twin brother, who is just him, but with a mustache. Ooh, that sounds, attracts. Te ves guapo, mi hermano. So who's got the role of football player Roddy Franklin? Look, thank you for bringing it back to me. Uh, why don't you give me your name and I'll, uh, I'll send her a reward. I we're clearly like not batting high here. Yeah. yeah, that's Matthew St. Patrick, two-time SAG Award winner for HBO's Six Feet Under. Hmm. Oh, he played Michael C. Hall's spouse. He's had roles on All My Children and General Hospital. 
See, no, nothing for Rebecca? Nope. No. All right. Matthew St. Patrick was born on St. Patrick's Day. Day. Yes, wow. exactly. Also, his brother's name is Black Friday. <laughs> All right, we had some really good Finn-isms in this episode. Uh, at the prospect of Caroline being a student sex worker, he says, Wouldn't be the first time a college girl flat-backed her way to a diploma. Oh, my God. Can we do, can we do, okay, I'm going to tell you that I wrote down like all of the really super bad lines that were yeah. also wickedly misogynistic. And after the first four minutes of this episode, I got tired. That was the one that broke me. That was the line where I was like, oh, wait, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> that was like three minutes into the episode. Yep. Wow. Yeah. No, seriously. The first four minutes, it's like having nothing but these, these. Horrible, horribly written and horribly misogynistic things just flying at your face. I felt like From Lucy the- in the Chocolate Factory. It was like I just couldn't take them anymore. When they go to check out Gloria's alibi for the time of the killing, she said that she was at a cappella rehearsal. <laughs> I told you my alibi would check out. Singing the Indigo Girls in five part harmony. That's painful. That's painful. <laughs> misogynistic and homophobic. Oh my God, all of it in one. <laughs> yeah, but. But it's true. It's pretty bad, right? Yeah, Don't blame that bad. on the Indigo Girls. <laughs> Where'd you get that? I got this from the Hudson University acapella group. <laughs> Singing closer to fine, yeah. butchering it. Yeah, here comes mm-hmm. treble. I think it was <laughs> So Finn later gets a lead on the ring from his buddies at the club who say that that custom $100,000 ring is a one of a kind. Mm. And they know that because they've seen it a thousand times before. (laughs) (laughs) To wit, it takes him to jeweler to the stars Diamond Dove, a.k.a. Double Double D. D. Yep. And when they ask where the uh, ring was made, he says, I'm sorry, detectives, but I don't give out personal information. On my customers. It's why they love me. Which is why those customers immediately tell everyone they have one of your custom rings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like no one buys a Rolex and pretends it's a Casio. That's mm-hmm. right. And he gives them up in a second. In a exactly. second. They applied like the tiniest bit of pressure and this guy cracked. He gave them up entirely. Like what was that even about? Why can't why can he not respect the jeweler client privilege <laughs> that's enshrined in the Constitution? Mm-hmm. The code of bling. Yeah. <laughs> the code of bling. <laughs> Your Honor, <laughs> clearly my client is fly. <laughs> <laughs> You okay? Yeah. All right. So there's the scene where they finally go and they talk to Roddy, uh, the football player in this locker room, and he's joking with about a dozen other guys in the locker room. And I kept thinking some director had to say, okay, you're the guy, the only guy who's going to be in here wearing just a towel. Everybody else can have clothes on, but to make it seem like a locker room, you're going to have to be in this yellow towel. And I want you to stand in profile <laughs> just in case something happens. <laughs> you're really, like, really thinking this through. I, yeah. They had one guy who had his shirt off. He was bare-chested. But his pants were undone? Mm. Like a creeper? Yeah. 
You think was he like pulling them on and he stopped because something interesting happened, or was he about to pull them off and only got like an inch down? It was like, wait. <laughs> it was supposed to be titillating. It was. This one's for the ladies. The ladies. <laughs> That's right. Remember that previously we saw that Gloria was wearing the diamond ring that belonged to Roddy. There is no way in the world that they could have the same ring size. No. Well, she was wearing it on her like index finger. No, wearing it on her. Well, wow. But what what size do you think his hand? Maybe is? she's a meat paw. <laughs> maybe a meat maybe paw. he has delicate little fingers. You never. There's know. no way he can catch footballs with those little ballerina hands. <laughs> <laughs> Welding instructor Alex Declare knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Well, now let's look at the second half of this episode. Football star Roddy Franklin says Caroline was a frequent player at the underground poker game. Look, so I invited her to a private game in the city. But this girl was a ringer. She kept beating you. Me and everybody else at the club. She became a regular, so I figured sooner or later I'd get back what was mine. But instead, she got hers. A couple nights back, Caroline hit a streak of bad luck. Riley, the card game operator, says Caroline needed to pay up within 24 hours, or else. Finn and Stabler bust up the card room and find Caroline's fingernail marks on the red painted wall outside of the alley. Cragen reveals that Riley is actually an undercover Secret Service agent running an operation. He says he heard yelling before the murder and admits to moving the body while trying not to blow his cover. They learned that Caroline was also working online poker scams with an unknown partner. If she died, that partner would never have to pay his half of her considerable gambling debt. They flush out Jack King. See what I did there? Yes. Okay, right. (laughs) And learned that the partner is her old friend, Adam. He admits to Stabler that he strangled Caroline for losing all their money, threatening his new life as a high roller in the Hudson crowd. Seeing a bit of himself in Adam, Elliot asks Casey to offer it. Are you okay? No. You just <laughs> I'm having my Adam Schiff moment. All right. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, keep going. Yeah. No, it got my rage going too, Rebecca. Yeah. Keep going. Seeing a bit of himself in Adam, Elliot asks Casey to offer the kid a plea. And she says, as if... Among Adam's poker buddies is a high-priced attorney who says Adam's gambling addiction drove him to murder. On the stand, Novak learns Adam's girlfriend was poor little rich bitch girl Gloria. They realize Adam needed the money or rich bitch Gloria would dump him. She could give two shits that Caroline's dead or that Adam was heartbroken when she testified against him. Adam's convicted of murder. Before the snotty bitch can leave the courtroom, Stabler arrests her for felony possession of that diamond ring. So they bust Riley for running a poker room, only to learn that he's undercover. And they have to make a big show 
of like taking him out of the cell to not blow his cover. Take it easy there, tough guy. Don't even talk to me, ass wipe. You picked the wrong guy to mess with. Running a casino is illegal. Who's running a casino? I was entertaining friends. And then he says, hey, let's all get coffee together tomorrow, 56 and 5th. <laughs> <laughs> Where anyone can see us. Outside. That's right. I think it's like, wasn't there a 99 cent express pizza you could go into and do it there? Yes. Isn't he also in the Secret Service? So who gives a shit whether or not his cover is blown in These the jail like in New York bad. City? These are tragically <laughs> bad cops. All of yeah. it. It's so bad. Like, I don't, they have 18 different narratives for what might have possibly gone wrong. You know, college girl's got a closet full of cash. She's either selling drugs or herself. Yeah. You know what? No. No. If Caroline was turning tricks, maybe she slipped the ring off some drunken John's finger. He tries to set up a meet. She comes in empty-handed. He loses control. Hey, guess what? Also, no, she was not flat-backing her way through college. This is all of these things. Wonder if Franklin is Caroline's sugar daddy. No. No. You are the worst police officers. Go back to Hudson. Get a degree. Be an accountant or something. Do something where you're not going to screw up somebody's life by being terrible at your job. But Lonnie, bitches be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I forgot that that was the, that's the answer to everything, really. That's right. (laughs) Also, can I just say, what the white boy fuck with this guy, (laughs) with this guy feeling bad for this kid who murdered his best friend. And then all of a sudden, it's like the text expects us to feel sorry for this kid. I'm all for compassion in like the, the legal system. Absolutely. Uh, but this is so nuts the way we suddenly turn it around. We're supposed to feel sorry for this kid. And like absolutely no compassion for this girl who was murdered and all they could do was talk about her sex and all the terrible things she did to deserve it, which she did not. All of this is so, like, beyond my comprehension. Am I missing something? Well, again, again. (laughs) Bitches be crazy. No, you are not missing something. Yes. Thank you for representing the white boy contingent, Kevin. Yes. (laughs) Stabler and Finn figure out that in real life as well as online, Caroline's working with an anonymous partner to scam the table. And they go to the online website and they see that the online partner's name is Jack King. Jack King? Well, that's got to be a code name. That's got to be a code name. Oh, yeah. you think so, Bobby <laughs> Copper? <laughs> On a poker site, you think? Oh, Jack King. That doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> I might only be a sex cop, but I know a thing or two about fake names. <laughs> well, I can't believe that handle wouldn't have already been taken. No. On a poker site. No. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What do you want to be? Uh, Joker, Joker, Joker? <laughs> Ace Spade. Ace Spade. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing you got to put your zip code on the end of it in order to get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ace Spade 74. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so later on, they bring in Wong. Bring in Wong. He's our own. And he and Casey asks ask the expert whether Adam is a gambling addict. And Wong says, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, maybe. 
<laughs> um, sure. I went to college for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why the FBI hired me. I don't know. Do you think he's a criminal genius because his handle is Jack King? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> My favorite is the other college guys who were like, he was way more into it than we were. <laughs> that was their assessment. And by the way, Hudson University gives the gambling club money so kids can gamble with that money. Who funds that campus card club? Hudson University. We are an official student organization. Wild. <laughs> I love this college. Well, they give a lot of money to the date rape club, too. <laughs> they do, I'm sure. And to the acapella group. Yes. Yes. They need to give the acapella group more. I want to join the hookah club at Hudson University. The hookah club? Yes. Or the, oh, okay. I thought it was no. the thing with Vegas. Was no, the... no. You mean the sex worker club, Kevin? They have agency. You can't work in a club. <laughs> There's student, it's, you know. That's, that's work study. How it. fucking awesome is it that Adam's lawyer met him at a poker club? Oh, my God. <laughs> It's the best. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's the best. And then he would represent him after meeting him in a poker. Yeah, I'll, I'll take your call. What? Well, what? sure. Not, because yeah. it's a, a there's a gambling addiction, which is a complete justification for murder. Yes. Uh, but yeah. this guy, a loan shark broke your legs and you're still going to represent one of your loser poker playing friends for right. free? What are you At doing? At that point, I think you start going into a different area of law. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, of course I have to represent him pro bono. I know he doesn't have any money. <laughs> Neither do I. I saw him lose it all. <laughs> Want to know why he doesn't have a watch? Because he threw it on the table one time. <laughs> and it's right here. <laughs> Stabler is uncharacteristically sympathetic to Adam. as so he tries to get him a good lawyer. He wants Casey to cut him a deal. So that leads them to ask the question, why he's so protective of Adam. And he has this story about working in his uncle's bar and getting jumped by some rich kids. This wasn't just about self-defense. You were pissed. Look, this kid spit in my face. He treats me like I'm a working class piece of trash. No, like Adam. Look, I'm just saying I get why he was angry enough to do it. That doesn't justify killing Caroline. Okay, so... We're supposed to believe that Stabler identifies with Adam because of his like underclass anti one percent. I was bullied by rich kids complex. OK, yeah. Lest we forget, Caroline was poor. <laughs> Caroline was not rich. Nobody cares about the victim. <laughs> we don't care about the victim. Who, so who was Adam fighting against? He was not fighting against anyone other than the woman he strangled to death. Yeah. With his hands. Yeah. Caroline. Oh, <laughs> no, but it was her fault. She deserved it. If ever, if ever a victim was shit on more in an episode. But it's... Stabler, <laughs> usually his thing is, I have daughters. You would think that would fucking trump this, right? Caroline no. looks so much like Kathleen, right? No, this is wild. It is wild. Aside from the whiteness of it, aside from this, this <sighs> is the wildest, most hateful thing I have ever, ever seen Stabler do. I wish that they could do a flashback of an episode now to this to remind everybody what a garbage bag this guy is. I really do. <laughs> yeah, but the part about hitting some guy over the head with a bottle tracks. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> So just to remind everybody, the gambling debt that Adam killed Caroline over was a debt to an undercover cop in a fake poker room. A debt that he helped run up. 
Yes. <laughs> it was not just her who left him in debt, but also they were best friends. This wasn't yeah. like some girl that he met at college that he set up to like be his partner and all of this kind of stuff. Like this was his best childhood friend. So Carol. all of this, Carol. Carol. I know her name. It is Caroline, Carolyn, or Carol. We're not really sure what. But but she's my best friend. My best friend. And the idea that she gets so shit on by absolutely everybody, by, like, in the opening, by Vegas, by the cops. Um, And then when they find out that she was murdered by her best friend, our pity goes to this murdering kid who may or may not have a gambling addiction, but regardless, the gambling addiction didn't make him murder. It was that he wanted to get away with hustling for a lot of money. So all yes. of it put together, like, uh, you know, I, I I, don't, none of it made any sense to me. And I was wildly infuriated throughout the entire Also, thing. he was anonymous on the internet. Yeah. How would they have figured out who he was anyway when it took right. the cops to do it? Yeah. It was a stupid murder, an unnecessary stupid murder. It took the world's worst cops to find this idiot. I mean, he got caught by the world's worst cops. So. <laughs> you know, I really kind of hate talking about visuals in the podcast because it's hard to translate, but there is oh. a huge continuity error. Yes. So when Adam stands up in court for his sentence, his hair is long and it's slicked back. And then when they take him away, his hair is short and spiky. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Well, what we have here is a variation on the floppy haired douchebag, which is yeah. an archetype that I have actually like mentioned a lot on my podcast. Um, and it is the spiky haired douchebag. And so I feel like at this point, like we watched the the rich kid who was like, no, I was just going to bribe her, you know, um, and he was definitely of the spiky haired douchebag archetype, which, by the way, is less skateboardy and more acapella, I believe. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, uh, there was also huge continuity with Casey's hair, which you didn't notice, of course, because you were man. You oh, no. Oh, no. I've got it. <laughs> I've got Casey's hair is long and yes. then it's short. Yes. Stabler's hair is short and then, well, it's. Yeah, it's a wig. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the other the one thing I was wondering was now that I know this, maybe while he was sitting at the table was when he was playing Teenage Meatloaf. And then he like had to go play like some other thing, like Timmy, the Lassie dog owner in between. And then they had to call him back and be like, no, we need that scene of you walking out of the courtroom. Maybe that's mm. what was happening. Because I could track the teenage meatloaf with the you know, <laughs> long, floppy hair. Yeah, it certainly seems like somebody had to come back for reshoots at, mm-hmm. at some point, And maybe they shot that part first. His and- hair was also a different color, by the way. Yeah. It went from being like black to being like red. They should have just put a picture of him on a stick. And then just put it there. It wouldn't have made it worse, you know? Or give him yeah. a wig, you know? They obviously have them because Stabler's wearing one. God. Yeah, Stabler used up the wig budget, Rebecca. There's nothing left. <laughs> As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. 
Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. All right, let's take a look at the real life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode is inspired by the cheating scandal involving an heir to the Walmart fortune. Elizabeth Page Laurie went to university at USC and obtained a degree from the Annenberg School for Communications in 2004. Her father was the owner of the St. Louis Blues hockey team, and her grandfather was Bud Walton, brother of Walmart founder Sam Walton. After graduation, her freshman roommate told 2020 she did all of Laurie's homework for three and a half years. The wealthy co-ed paid Eleanor Martinez more than 20,000 bucks to complete her assignments for her. She claimed Laurie wanted to spend more time socialising than studying. Even with the extra money, Martinez couldn't afford the $30,000 in tuition and dropped out. Though she was no longer in school, Laurie kept paying Martinez to write her papers. USC officials said they'd never seen a plagiarism case of this magnitude. Before they could take steps to rescind her bachelor's degree, Laurie returned it to the university. Though her family members have maintained a low public profile, the Walmart heiress has been in the tabloids often for her partying and her extravagant lifestyle. Today, Paige Laurie's estimated net worth is $4.3 billion. Well, how expensive is college that you can have a billionaire heiress pay you tens of thousands of dollars for your homework and you still can't cover the tuition? State school. It's a state (laughs) school, too. USC, yeah. So she must have been an out-of-state student, obviously, because she was not paying that cheap-ass California in-state tuition, which for in-state kids in California is not that expensive. I I think it's a a pretty... It's still a little more rigorous than USC is a very. It's one of the hardest schools to get into in the United it's States. It's a tough school. It is definitely. It's like a top a ten demanding. hard school to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like on the top tier of difficult schools to get into competitively. Uh, but yeah, it's expensive. Too expensive. Everything's too expensive. I do feel bad for Elena Martinez. Uh, she was the one taken advantage of, right? Uh, was she wrong to take the thousands of dollars from a billionaire and do her homework? No, she got the education. I mean, here's the thing. Like, the way that we think about education in this country is completely and totally fucked. Because the fact of the matter is, is that the education is what's important. But people go there to get the degree so they can say they got the degree. So this rich girl wanted to pay for the degree um, without actually doing the work. But then you've got this kid who was just trying to get by, actually doing the work, actually getting the education out of it. And so I think that, like, some they took the bachelor's degree away from the other. But this girl did the work. I mean, yeah, she lied and she allowed her work to be used by other people, but she did it. She should have something for that. Well, the thing is also that Martinez was also committing uh, academic fraud Mm -hmm. and there was discussions of punishing her, too. I I actually agree with Lonnie on this one. I actually think the way you think of education is fucked up, too. So Mm -hmm. listen to this. I think about this all the time. Yeah. You're paying to go to college, but they will kick you out if you don't do well enough, instead mm-hmm. of just letting you stay and continue to pay, mm-hmm. they will kick you out if you're not doing well. what the hell. Like, you think about that. You are the product and the commodity and you are you're in and you're paying mm-hmm. them. Yet they are punitive to you 
when they don't do a good enough job teaching you so that you will do well or so that or, or like, you know what I mean? It's like it's really right. weird the, the way the way that colleges are set no, up and the way you think about complete, them. It's a complete mess. Grading is a mess. Everything's a mess. Why does a billionaire Nepo baby need a college degree anyway? Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. To You're fine. They got it. Exactly. Well, because the thing is that we're looking at a college degree as though the purpose of a college degree is just to make sure that we can keep like a, a class of people, an educated class of people above another class of people who don't have access mm. to that education because they don't have enough money. The same way that people don't not have vocational. access to health care because they don't have money. Like there's yeah. a whole different the, the value in education is learning the thing. And if it takes you longer to learn the thing, then that's fine. But the fact of the matter is that we've commodified absolutely everything of value in this country and we've made a big hot mess out of it. Education should be free. Yeah, I, I, who is saying, oh, I hope Baron Trump is knuckling down on his SATs? Yeah, I always think about what Lori Laughlin's daughter said about yeah. her USC entrance. She wanted the college experience. She uh, didn't want to go to right. class. They want to party and have that. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and she wanted to say that she and she wanted and her parents wanted to say she was in college mm-hmm. and she wanted the college experience. She had no interest. She in wanted it. to party at the collegiate level. Yeah. And yeah. and by the way, when the cheating scandal broke, where was she? She was on the yacht of one of the school administrators because she was BFF as one of the USC administrators kids. She was literally on a yacht partying at the collegiate level. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> well, homework is not the only thing she's cheated on. Uh, her husband filed for divorce. He demanded $400,000 a month for such necessities as a driver, mm. personal chef, trainer, stylist, $30,000 a month for vacations, and $80,000 a month for entertainment. And he wanted her to pay him $2,500 a month so that he could make charitable contributions with it. Hmm. I mean, he had to live up to the lifestyle that he was accustomed to. Yeah. So you're saying she I cheated guess. on him? Is that what you're implying? That, no, no, no. He accused her of, uh, of infidelity. infidelity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was his, his, his payback. I, I don't know what happened inside a marriage. No one ever does. Mm-hmm. That being said... She can afford that shit. That's penny. $400,000 even a month is, if you have $4 billion, that is like, that's like four cents. It's nothing. Like, no one understands, like, a billion dollars is a thousand million dollars. Like, it's an incomprehensible (laughs) amount of money. It is a thousand million dollars. It is a thousand million dollars. Think about that. I'm not big into finance, but I, I do know that just the interest on her her portfolio, all her stocks and bonds, she makes $900,000 a month on the dividends alone. Yeah. So $400,000 a month, I don't know, you're paying the guy to go away. She has $4,001 million. (laughs) So her name didn't just come off the diploma. Her parents had donated $25 million to the University of Missouri to put her name on the new sports arena there. Her name? Her name, yeah. Yeah, it was the Page Sports Arena and Spoiled Bitch Amphitheater. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our special guest, Lonnie Diane Rich. Lonnie, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, uh, people can follow me pretty much on all the social media at Lonnie Diane Rich. You can also visit chipperish.com to learn more about my podcast. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? On all the social media, I am at Reb Lavoie. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freider. 
Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy, Lily Flynn, handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Other Stories was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Two tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store.